This episode is brought to you by George Foreman's Knockout Pain Relief. Welcome to the Yankee Death Star. My name is Dave, and today we have uh, upcoming schedule we're going to be talking about and the New York Yankees injury list. Obviously, there's so many different players playing in the outfield right now. We want to break this down and discuss it and really get to the bottom of what's going on. So Mark and I are going to be talking about that. And when we can expect to have our majority of our team back is going to be a big question that we're going to try to answer um, as, as easy as possible on this episode. So stay tuned for that. But before we do any of that, Mark, how are you doing today? Man, I'm doing great. Um, obviously getting two wins in a row against Boston, you know, that really puts us in the spot we want to be in. And just the way that it happens gives us a lot of confidence. Um, like you said, injuries are a big part of what's going on right now. Um, that and the COVID protocol. So that really kind of indicates which direction we're going to be going for, you know, forward in. But even with that said, you know, um, until Brett Garner came in the game, um, you know, we were really starting this um, Scranton outfield. So, you know, we're getting wins not at full strength. That matters. That's going to be important as we get down the stretch. Yeah, man. Speaking of that, that's last guys, last man up, whatever you want to call <clears throat> uh, nine through six hitters uh, yesterday. Uh, we got a total of one, two, three, four, five, six hits between uh, six through nine. Six through nine. That's insane right now. We don't get that many hits. Uh, Greg Allen got one. Lamar got two. Odor got two. Uh, Gardner got one. So um, that's really big for us to be able to have that right there. Um, I'm really excited about the uh, what we could call the young guys the, or the inexperienced guys. I know Greg Allen is... Um, 28 years old and, and spent time with Cleveland three or four seasons there and then in Cleveland with San Diego. Um, but the reality is that all these guys are, are young uh, when, he, uh, when it comes to playing time. So it's really big for us to be able to have production from six through nine. We haven't got that a lot this year, um, but obviously against the Red Sox, it's been working. So good for these guys. And let's go ahead and get on talking about what's going on with the injury report and the COVID list, like Mark was just saying right there. Um, we're going to start with uh, um, the latest dates that we have. Um, Aaron Hicks is still out for the season. That is May 30th. That's the last one we had of him. Uh, June 25th, Clark Schmidt is throwing approximately two innings. That was the last time we heard anything about that. It's almost been a month. Um, I'm not too sure what's going on with Clark right now. I, I hope we don't rush him back because he's a very, very talented young man that I believe is going to be um, in our starting rotation eventually. So we need to uh, hopefully um, pull the brakes on that one and slow it down as much as possible on that recovery. Michael uh, Miguel Andujar, July 10th. Um, he is uh, on a 10-day um, IL still. Um, I, I know that they like to retroactive um, these, which means that uh, when it's getting closer to the time of the time that they're getting better, they'll retroactive it um, according to whatever the MLB rule is on the date that they think that uh, he got injured or they had proof that he got injured. That way he can come back and play. Um, Nestor Cortez, this is why it's empty for starting pitcher tomorrow. I'm sorry, not tomorrow. The next day is Nestor Cortez is still um, out because of COVID protocols. So um, um, Wandy Peralta, 
he is out of uh, this because of COVID protocols. And that was on July 15th, and we're still waiting to see on that. All right, so this is our next wave. Um, this is everything from July 16th on here. So let's go ahead and get down to it. Um, I know this is going to be shocking for some people, but it is what it is. This is insane. This is a huge list of young men uh, that we have grown to love, and they're all not doing well. Aaron Judge, COVID. Gio Urshela, COVID. Uh, Higgy, COVID, uh, which we'll talk about uh, the catching of Sanchez recently. He's been really, really good. Great with Cole, so we're going to talk about that in a minute here. Um, and then you got Luke Voigt. Uh, he is out as well. Um, he had a bone bruise. Um, I'm not too sure how that happened, but again, Giddens has been stepping up and playing really great D, so uh, hopefully Luke Voigt will take it slow, take it easy. We're not in a rush to get him back. Um, they said uh, the retroactive his uh, uh, injury for before the All-Star break. So technically today, he would be ready to go on that 10-day IL. I'm not too sure if they're going to do that tomorrow or not, if he's going to play tomorrow, but uh, we'll see how that goes. Tim Castro, he is out for the season. Uh, Luis Severiano, he is going to be coming back uh, slowly and surely. Uh, he had an outing of 30 pitches recently. That's great. I mean, like, this is huge for us. We could um, use him back the last couple of months of the season, last month of the season. It would be great to have uh, um, Seve back for sure. Michael King, uh, he will return, uh, remain on a no-throw program for the, about five to seven more days. This is rough. I hate to see Michael King go down. Um, Darren O'Day, he is out for the season. Uh, this came out uh, yesterday or today or yesterday. Uh, Jonathan Lewizica. Um, Boone said uh, he has been cleared from COVID and safety protocols and eligible to rejoin the team. That's huge for us. We needed uh, Luizica back. Uh, Corey Kluber, here's some good news here. He is starting to throw an advanced uh, from 120 feet. This is big. We need to get Kluber back. That's two of our starters that are on this injury report that are not good. Trey um, Embergery. This guy right here is on a day-to-day. Um, he, I guess, uh, felt... Um, uh, he was diagnosed with a right hamstring cramp. That's a whole lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought he was going to be done for uh, multiple weeks. So a cramp, we'll take that cramp any day in the week. And then last but not certainly not least is Clint Frazier. Now, I want to throw this out here. I uh, Beginning of the season, we were, I was watching Clint Frazier in the dugout. I noticed there was some funky shit going on with his eyes. I didn't know what was up with it, if it was normal or whatever. But now looking at the injury report, Clint Frazier has um, an illness and he's supposed to consult with an eye doctor. Well, Mark just told me it was vertical. So, I, you know, again, when you're having vertical issues and keeping your eyes straight and not moving constantly around, that's really difficult to do. So that makes a whole lot more sense what's happening with Clint Frazier right now. Hopefully he gets better. We could use him in the outfield. But Greg Allen's doing a great job. And Lamar, obviously, last game was fire. So uh, these guys are all coming back. We, we want them to take their time. We don't want them to rush, um, rush go, what's going on. Um, but man, that list right there is insane, Mark. I, I don't know if I've ever seen a list like this as long that's taking me three minutes to read what's going on with these Yankees players. Yeah, man. And it seems to me like this is not just the Yankees and it's not just baseball. It seems like all sports are having um, issues keeping athletes healthy and um, whether that's from a shortened offseason, um, a condensed last year, um, whatever the cause of this year's you know rash of injuries is, um, it's definitely an outlier, and it's something that we 
um, are forced to overcome. Some teams have not had to deal with as much as we have, or most teams haven't, but that doesn't mean that they won't have the same issues going forward. So, yeah, it's unfortunate that we've, we've had to deal with this much, but the truth is, when the playoffs come around, you need contributions from many more players than just your stars. So, figuring out who is capable of contributing against the Red Sox in these types of series is actually valuable. Sure, we need to get back into it before we can really start thinking about the playoffs, but if we do, then we are going to know that there are some names that we weren't really even thinking about that are capable of making contributions, and that's critical. You know, you've got to be able to go deep into your roster in the playoffs and, you know, not just, you know, on the offensive side, but from the pitching side. And um, we're figuring out what we're made out of. And Chad Green last night, man, you got to love what he did. He came in in a jam. I mean, I've heard a lot of people say, you know, kind of give him some crap because they say Chad Green does better if there's nobody on base. It's true. Everybody does better when there's nobody on base. But he came in guy on first and third and he bailed Tyon out of a jam and he was able to pitch really well and um, give us that middle relief that we had been wondering where it was going to come from. Sometimes it's Luizica, sometimes it's been Cortez and that type of um, you know diversity and, and back to Cortez, like him being able to start some games for us. This is the type of stuff you learn from not being full strength and while we can focus on you know the limitations of that, we have to recognize that in the end, this like finding depth on our roster is critical. That's what it is, Mark. And any championship team will tell you the same thing. In order to have a championship team, you have to have depth on your roster. We're finding out right now who can play on this team. And I, I'm still, Mark, I know that a lot of people like Tim Kirchin have, have thrown the white flag up for the Yankees saying that there's less than an 80% chance that they make the playoffs. With all due respect, fuck you, Kirk. I mean, like, seriously, man. What the fuck, man? I don't even know. I'm not even going to say his name right. It doesn't even matter to me because the reality is that I'm just sick and tired of hearing the media throw the Yankees under the bus. I still think that they have a lot of life in them. Um, Alex Rodriguez said, if you win 8 of 12 um, the rest of the season, um, 8 of 12 games the rest of the season, uh, not only do you make the playoffs, but you make it substantially. So, I mean, honestly, that's that's... What three out of uh, two out of three games? If you win two out of three games every single time you go to the, on the field, then you you, you have an opportunity um, to do that. So I, this is the reality of this team and where we're at. We, we've got a legit spot to do some damage. And yes, our our schedule is isn't necessarily friendly to us, but there is a lot of holes in here, and that's why we're going to discuss about our schedule and get to the bottom of what's going on here with our schedule. There is what I called fourteen games right here. Um, that seem to be really one of those uh, uh, Achilles heels for us that we're going to probably struggle with. But I, I, I look at these 14 games and I say, this is what's up with them. So let's talk about them. Chicago White Sox, the Minnesota Twins, the Oakland Athletics, and the Mets. I think all those, that, those four teams and the 14 games that we have against them, the Twins have four, the rest of them have three. I think this is going to be our Achilles heel of the season. If we can pull off... 10 of these wins, we're going to be in great shape. Um, I can't help but get excited about having, um, you know, four series against really good teams. Yes, the Mets aren't in contention right now, um, but the reality is is that they're still a really good team, and, and they are a team that we need to win, we need to beat in order to get there. 
Let's talk about the, the next group right here. We have Baltimore, nine games against Baltimore. We love Baltimore. If we can win those nine games or even eight of those nine games, that's huge for us because that's that's another little stripe up there. Then we got three games against Texas, three games against Cleveland, and three games against KC. All winnable games. We need to pull those games off. Three games against Miami, three games against Seattle, two or uh, four games against the Angels, four games against Atlanta and Philly. So that's two games each against Atlanta and Philly, right? That section right there, man, we got to pull some wins off of there. Obviously, all these games that I'm throwing out there, they're winnable games. They're not, you know, we're not talking about um, the teams that are in the best of the division. Yes, Seattle's doing well. Um, but the reality is all these games that I just mentioned are winnable. Let's talk about the 24 games that I have circled as going to be um, real head scratchers to see how they go. Because in order for us to win um, out in order to us to get to the playoffs without worrying about um, that uh, wild card position, we have to win 20 of these 24 games. Now, let's talk about what, what we got going on here. Red Sox, 11 games. Tampa Bay, 6. And Blue Jays, 7. So that brings a total of 27 games right there. Those are going to be crucial. Now, the most nine, the nine most crucial games in the entire rest of the season come in the very end of the season where we got three games against Boston, three games against Toronto, and three games against Tampa. Nine games, that's a juggernaut. We have to figure out a way to be peaking at that moment in order for us to um, really give us a chance to, to make the playoffs. But man, that's what we got out left on our schedule. You can't look at this schedule and say that we there's no way that we shouldn't be able to pull off 45 to 50 wins off of here, if not more. This is what we need to do. This is a winnable schedule, and this is what makes me excited about watching this Yankees the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think coming off of the All-Star break, we were pretty focused and we knew what we had to do, and that's why having all those players come down with COVID and injury was such a gut punch. But I felt like it kind of changed the mentality in the locker room. I mean, the dugout, um, it, in the clubhouse, it felt like things – instead of people like looking around and being like, okay, which one of you is going to bring it today? Everybody said, I have to be the one who brings it because there's not, we're not full strength. So I, I feel like that type of mentality is a little bit different. Um, I'm sure that they've been, you know, trying to do that the whole time, but I think this sense of urgency of losing your teammates really puts everybody in a, in the spot where they realize that they have to be the one who steps up because nobody else is going to do it. And as we start getting back to full strength, I anticipate the sense of urgency to continue. Man, I really hope that urgency continues. I look at Glaber Torres as being that guy that could step up to change the direction of this team. Obviously, you can look down the list and say Greg Allen could be that person. Um, Giddens could be that person. But the reality is, is that six through nine spot, we need as much help as we possibly can get. We need players there. Um, our hitting will come. Um, through our one through six spot or one through five spot, that that's our sweet spot there. We'll, we'll get Aaron Judge back in the lineup. We'll get these guys all figured out. But man, I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith in our managing staff, um, our coaching staff. I have a lot of faith um, in our players. I, you know, here's the thing. I don't think Cashman is done adding to this team. I think he's going to still add a couple small pieces. He's got a couple weeks to do that. There's no rush to do that. Really um, finding out is Lamar going to be a good fit as a backup outfielder? Is Greg Allen going to be a good fit as a backup outfielder? Is, you know, we could go down this list. Infielding guys, how are we going to field that out? 
there's too many good third basemen on the market and shortstops on the market um, for uh, you know Cashman not to at least sniff around. But I, I really hope he keeps Torres there. Getting those two home runs back-to-back um, games um, against Boston is huge for Torres. I really hope that he takes that confidence into the next series against the Philadelphia um, Phillies. And then against Boston again, because if we can get rolling, man, getting up to the 25th, uh, the last game against Boston is on the 25th of July. That's only giving us five more days until the trade deadline. So we should have a clear indication of what's going to happen by then. Um, if they're going to go out and get a big name for us, or if we're just going to go and try to fill in the, the spaces that, that are the weak spots. But the reality is, is that we don't need to do anything. This team is too good right now to trade off. I hate hearing people saying, let's trade Aaron Judge. Let's trade Aaron Judge. Like We still got him on a team-friendly contract this next year. Why would we trade Aaron Judge? If we don't feel like we're, we're going to be able to get the same amount this year as we would next year because a team that's going to um, trade for Aaron Judge is going to pay out the wazoos because they're going to want him to stay and he's going to want to stay on a massive contract. But I don't think that's the case. I think we sign Aaron Judge to an insane contract to keep him with, as a Yankee for life. We need a player of his stature in the locker room day in and day out. Uh, I would love to be able to watch Aaron Judge in his 30s play for the Yankees. And the reality is, is we will. So in time, everything will work out. But this this schedule right here, these injured players, that's what we wanted to focus on today because we wanted to make sure that you guys have a clear cut way of understanding what's going on. I know you look at the outfield and see Greg Allen and Tim um, Castro, which is not there anymore. Um, and you see Lamar over there like, what the hell? Like these guys have not hit very many home runs in their life. And you are right. Uh, between the th uh, three of them yesterday starting, there was only 12 career home runs between the three of them in the outfield. I, I, I can't remember the last time an outfield team has done that, has, has three guys that have only hit 12 home runs in the career at one time. That was insane to see, but the reality is that's where we're at right now. We're trying to get production uh, from the smallest of the small guys um, in that locker room, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, and we're looking forward to figuring out how we solve this, and we'll just continue to keep rolling with it, man. So we appreciate everybody joining us, and we're going to be back tomorrow to break down the game against the Phillies. Thanks again, and we'll see you then. And this episode has been brought to you by George Foreman's Knockout Pain Relief.